Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. What's going on, everybody? This is Tristan McWilds from Guys Next Door, and this episode is being brought to you by Self a brand new podcast from Self Financial in collaboration with ACAST Creative. Now, Self is a six-episode original branded series by Self Financial that's helping you understand how to build a path of success, what your journey is, and what our journey is as me and Mouse are to guests on the show. So listen wherever you can listen to podcasts, and we'll see you soon. Peace. The following podcast is an exclusive presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Episode 56, the Prolific Writer Podcast. Anna Sabino stops by the show to talk about your creative career. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Ryan J. Pelton, the prolific writer podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, write often, and write well. We are back in action with episode number 56. Anna Sabino, my new friend, start, started, came by the show, and she talks about your creative career. She just wrote a book with the same title, Your Creative Career. And so you writer types, you creative types, thinking about getting your art, getting your words out into the world, getting your businesses started, learning how to balance that artistic, creative side of you and that business side of you. And we have a great conversation about that. And and Anna's book uh, just launched a few weeks ago. If you're listening to this, today is February 8th or 9th or into the future. And uh, the book just came out, Your Creative Career. I'll put that in the show notes. You can check it out. But Anna has a great story of her journey from Wall Street 
and starting a jewelry business and now writing books and helping creatives start their own business and has a lot of wisdom to offer us. And uh, I, th I think one of the, the conversations that we have often with guests and also things I talk about is, is just learning how to balance that kind of creative side and that business side. Uh, how do you create work? How do you write books? How do you get your words out into the world? But then how do you promote those? How do you market those? How do you uh, see your writing as a business? And uh, whether you make $5 or whether you make $5 million, how do you kind of wear those two hats? And, uh, and there's a lot to learn. And some of us are more bent to the creative side. Some of us are more bent to the business side. And, and so Ann and I uh, talk a lot about that. And so uh, I hope you really enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed doing the interview. And just a couple things uh, before we get to the interview. I'd like to first just say uh, we haven't done the show every week. We typically do a weekly show and I've taken a couple weeks off and the show's been coming out every couple weeks. And that's been intentional uh, for a couple of reasons is we just had our fourth child and uh, so I'm tired. My wife's tired and uh, felt like it was good to kind of pull back a little bit on the podcast. And uh, that doesn't mean I'm quitting the podcast or we're going to end it anytime soon. Uh, but the rhythm of weekly podcast just for the next few weeks, few months wasn't doable. And so I just said, Hey, I'm just going to pull back a little bit and, uh, and do that for the next couple of months. So the podcast will probably come out every couple of weeks, uh, every other week. Uh, so don't worry, we'll, we'll still be doing, doing this and, uh, getting those interviews and, uh, sharing the writerly wisdom so that you can write fast, often, and well, but I want to just keep you apprised of that. So if you don't see it come out next week, don't worry. Um, it'll come out the following week, Lord willing. So just trying to recover, trying to take care of the family and you know how that goes. Uh, so, um, and then also just want to say, as we do every week is this show is part of the project entertainment network. We are so privileged to be part of this great family of podcasts. And so if you check out projectentertainmentnetwork.com, you can see all the different podcasts. There's a variety of them from writing to food to faith to all kinds of stuff. And so check that out. But we're always sponsored every week. Um, one of our main sponsors is Subculture Corsets and Clothing. Uh, they're a proud sponsor of all the wonderful Project Entertainment Network shows. So if you enjoy listening to our show or other shows, please visit their website, subculturecorsets.com. And, you know, the subculture family is really one of the best groups of people we've met. They're, they're super gracious, super kind. Um, they love interacting with fans. They love um, sharing the love of our podcast and getting the word out. And they really make great quality products and, and it's a great family and, uh, and their subculture corsets is a great store. Um, they do all kinds of cool, uh, clothing and accessories and, uh, even sell Armand Rosamilia's books. Uh, we won't hold that against them, but, um, but uh, a great place They're in Jacksonville, Florida. If you want to check out their website, subculturecorsets.com and uh, see all their great products that they have. And if you put in the prolific writer at checkout, you'll get a 10% discount on your entire purchase. Um, and if you're in the Jacksonville area, you can visit them. Uh, they're in Jacksonville, just off I 95. You can go into the store and check it out, uh, but go to subculturecorsets.com, check out all their 
cool products and uh, enjoy looking around. And uh, I think you'd be well pleased. And also they have a bunch of social media play- pages. So if you Google it, you'll find them and go and like their page and get connected and, and hear about all their great products. Tons of our podcast hosts wear their clothing and buy their accessories. And, uh, and so maybe there's something you can find for a loved one or yourself. So thank you, Subculture Corsets and Clothing, for sponsoring this podcast and all the Project Entertainment Network podcasts. So I am excited to introduce to the world Anna Sabino and her book, Your Creative Career. We have a fantastic interview. I think you're going to be encouraged, inspired to get those words on the page. And before we do that, Hey, real quick, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you listen to this show. We want to get to the get the word out. I really want to help more writers get those words on the page and write fast, often, and well. And so those reviews really help us um, promote the show and get the word out there. And also go check out all the great shows on Project Entertainment Network. There are many, and I think you'll enjoy most of them, if not all of them. I'm so glad to be part of that family. So with no further ado, here is Anna Sabino. Welcome, everyone, to the Prolific Writer Podcast. Your host, Ryan Pelton. Glad to have Anna Sabino on the line today. She's a designer from uh, New York and Hawaii, and uh, she has a decade of doing this. She has a great story going from Wall Street to creative and making jewelry. She sells her jewelry in 100 stores. She's been featured in Style Watch, Vogue, Cosmopolitan, and many others. She contributed to Medium, and she's a certified co-active career and life coach. And she just wrote her first book, and so we're really excited to have Anna on the show and to hear more about her book, and I think her book's going to help a lot of people. So welcome to the show, Anna, and uh, tell us anything uh, that I missed. Ryan, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was a great introduction. Thank you. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, your creative career just came out a few weeks ago, and it's been it's been a, an exciting process to share all the tips and tricks from my entrepreneurial path. It's uh, it's been very fulfilling and rewarding, I have to say. The, the reviews have been great. So uh, the book launch is is going is going really uh, really well, I have to say. So. Well, it's good to hear. Yeah, I, I know that we have a lot of writers on and some just launching their first book, some starting out, some kind of in between. And yeah, the, the, the book launches can be nerve wracking. It's a lot of work, you know, a lot of I know you're doing a lot of interviews and, um, you know, getting the word out. And yeah, so thanks for uh, for making time. And uh, I, I've had the privilege of kind of following you from afar. Um, we both write articles on Medium and, and I've been kind of following you and been encouraged by you and all your advice. And um, and you've kind of just been very vulnerable about talking about creativity and kind of your process and what you're learning and, and all of that. And so, so let's, let's kind of begin. Uh, you have a really interesting story, how that kind of, kind of the creative entrepreneurial path happened. You were working at wall street and kind of made a, made a career change. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's, uh, I was, you know, nine to five and, um, I was a market analyst on wall street and I learned a lot during the process. Um, the, the whole uh, the whole idea of uh, 
valuing systems and, and there's a lot of value in having a nine to five before uh, starting your business. That's my opinion. But I also learned that it was important for me to be in charge of my time. And I wasn't. I had a set schedule and I was limited as far as to what I could devote myself to. I remember I received a glass blowing scholarship randomly and I had to, it was every Monday. And, you know, I, I assertively told my boss that I'm not going to be coming to work on Mondays. And I, I felt bad about it. I felt really bad because that's, you know, that's a poor work ethics and, and everything. But this just made me realize that in order for me to pursue creative um, projects and ideas and, and really utilize my full potential, I need to be in charge of my time. You know, so so this drive and this uh, strong desire pushed me to start my jewelry brand consecutively because I believe entrepreneurship is risky in itself. So if we can minimize the risk by keeping our day job for a while until we get on get on our feet and get really comfortable with with the income and, and sustaining ourselves, I think it's a, it's a great it's a great strategy. So for over a year, I had the the nine to five or eight to eight to seven, as you can uh, you can mm-hmm. imagine in New York City on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And then I was I was starting uh, Lucid New York, my jewelry brand. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's really helpful. I, I know there's a lot of uh, writers on our show that um, or in our audience, I should say that you know, they, they, they have this thing in their head, you know, I have to quit tomorrow. I have to be a full-time writer, but you know, I think there's some great, great wisdom and, and keeping that day job, kind of that, the stability, you know, like you said, you know, seeing how the income is getting used to what that's like before you just kind of launch out because especially in writing, I mean, writing, I don't know what it's like in the jewelry business, but you know, writing is very up and down income wise and some months are great. Some months aren't. And, uh, you know, until you have a few things out there and steady income, it can be kind of a scary thing. Um, so, so talk, yeah. talk a little bit about kind of your background. Um, you know, you, you got into jewelry making, um, and now obviously you're writing books and, uh, you know, wrote your creative career. Um, so talk a little bit kind of, you know, was it the creative bug? Was that kind of always part of your life and upbringing and growing up? Ta- tell us a little bit about that part of your story. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I think I have entrepreneurship in my blood, although it, it doesn't run in my family. But I'm just obsessed with learning about product businesses and seeing um, and experiencing other entrepreneurs' paths from uh, the beginning to, um, to 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 getting successful. So, the studies of how businesses work uh, pushed me to do some research and. And uh, and see what was going to work for me. And I actually, I'm a self-taught um, jewelry designer. Uh, when I started with glass, my glass jewelry line, mm-hmm. I realized in order to scale, I couldn't I couldn't be making every single piece uh, on my own because this is not the way to scale. So I would say learning a lot in the process, and I I can confidently say I'm more of a business per, uh, person than an, uh, than an artist, although it comes both hand in hand. But my business skills and knowing what to do with the products came in um, really handy. And I think 
in entrepreneurship, very often grit, consistency, and and business skills are are more important than talent. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think I, I think uh, you know when you think about writing. I mean, it, it, there's so many people that you know say, "Well, I'm just an, I'm just a writer. I'm just an artist. I, I'm not a business person." But I we we always try to talk about on our show is kind of that balancing act of putting on the business hat, putting on the artist hat, you kind of have to do both. I mean, you have to um, figure out how to market your work, figure out how to, you know, when money starts coming in, what do I do with that money? How do I scale that? And, you know, also as a business person, you have to think about, you know, production and you have to think about, well, I need to write X amount of books, you know, to make a living or how many books do I need to write to make a living? Um, what books do I write? Uh, all those kinds of things. And uh, so I, I think that's really helpful that, you know, even if you, you feel like you're wired to be more business savvy or, you know, creative, that you kind of have to learn both uh, skill sets in many ways. Um, and it sounds like your your background really gave you kind of, a, a, you know, a leg up, if you will, um, of kind of doing the creative thing, but also the business skill and the entrepreneurial kind of teaching yourself, learning how things work, how business works, all that kind of stuff. Um, right. Yeah. I'm sorry. And also, like you know, I'm just uh, just gonna um, uh, tag on something here. You mentioned Ryan that um, what books to write. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and that's a lot of a lot of pe- people. Your listeners may find uh, controversial because I know there are writers who who think and who say that we should be writing based on our passion, based on what interests us, etc. And I do agree with that, but I also think it's very important to tailor our writing to what's needed in the world because we're not writing just for ourselves. If we, if that was the case, we could be just writing in our journals. Mm-hmm. We're publishing books into the world. So keeping our readers in mind, keeping what's needed and creating based on demand, based on feedback, is, is I think, uh, a really important um, thing to keep in mind. Great. So, yeah, let, let's talk about your specific book, um, Your Creative Career, Turn Your Passion into a Fulfilling and Financially Rewarding Lifestyle. Um, what a great title. Um, so, obviously, your book came from a need, a problem, something you wanted to solve, um, as you just said, that... You know, you wanted to, to write something that would help people. So where did that, that kind of seed of an idea come for the for the book? I mean, were you talking to people and realizing, you know, uh, you know, the starving artist, you know, that was saying, hey, how do I how do I take creativity and make it into a career? You know, where, where did all the kind of seed of the idea for this book begin? Well, after being in, in business for 14 years, I've had the jewelry brand for 14 years, I noticed that there are a lot of artists who are extremely talented, but they think that the creation process, uh, the making process stops at creating. Hmm. So this is one of the issues I noticed that, you know, uh, Creatives just want to make things and then see what's and then wait what's going to happen. And I don't think in this day and age we could do that. It's the the space is just too competitive. Whether you're a writer or another creator, we all need to be engaged in marketing and promoting. We all need to we need to know or do research what we're going to do with what we're making right as we are in the process, I think. So 
This is one of the tips, but I also noticed others along the way, and I basically put all the mistakes I made and lessons learned throughout the journey uh, to share them with other creators because my biggest mission and why I wrote this book is to save other people's time. Hmm. Efficiency is a big value of mine. So if I can save other entrepreneurs time, if they can write uh, better books that sell uh, uh, better, that if they can write, if they can achieve their success faster, I, I it would it would be extremely um, fulfilling. And this this is the mission be behind the book. No, that's great. I, I think there's a, I, I don't know who said it, but someone was saying, you know, really with, when we think about technology and we think about, you know, different software books, uh, you know, the best ones are really what they're selling is time and, and saving time. You know, you think of like Uber, the success of Uber. I heard someone talk about Uber and they said, you know, the success of Uber is not replacing the cab, but it's about time. It's about saving people time. So, you know, you, you need to get somewhere quickly. You, you know, get on your app and you find a, a car and they take you where you need to go. And so time is, is valuable to people and we only have so much, so much time in our lives and every day. And, and so, no, that's, I think that's really, really interesting, really helpful. Um, and so, uh, as I kind of was skimming, uh, through your book, um, there's a couple of things. I, I know one of the chapters, I think you've already mentioned this idea that, um, you know, following your passion isn't always a great idea, but you also need to provide, you know, you say provide what people want. Um, can you talk to us a little, a little bit about, about that in more detail? Um, because that is the, the big advice, you know, just, if you just follow your passion, you just follow what you are excited about, then good things will happen. But, but also the tension of providing something that people actually want. How, what have you kind of learned uh, from that maybe in your own business and your own life? Yeah, Ryan. So I, I think that if you, we want to have a creative hobby, it's, it's completely different from having a creative career. Because mm -hmm. uh, you know, if it's your hobby, if it's your after work gig, of course, uh, follow your passion and, and you have less uh, constraints, as, as I would say. But I think if you want to make it a sustainable business, something that's going to support you and bring income, um, Keeping customers, readers in mind is extremely important. And this is also what I, what I followed when I was writing, when I was uh, pitching my book, Your Creative Career. So I chose a traditional uh, publishing route in this case. So I knew I had to pitch an agent and by the way, right after I got an agent, I think I thought the job was done, which was pretty hilarious, I have to say. So in order for me to pitch an agent, I had to sell the idea. I had to know and do the research that this was needed in the market. This was wanted. This was in. This was something that um, people were willing to, to, to buy and pay for. So it was, it was challenging because my original idea was different. And then I refined it based on feedback going to writers' conferences. I am a huge proponent of going to writers' conferences. They saved me so much time, and the feedback was immediate. And I, that's how I signed with my agent. And, and then, you know, I was, I was ready, and I did, I did the most I could to minimize the risk of, of uh, the book 
uh, not selling. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. I I think, uh, you know, writing with a community and getting feedback is, is, is great. Uh, Because I think we all, we all think we have the best ideas and, you know, this is great and this is perfect. And, and to have someone to kind of, kind of bounce that off of is, is really, I think important. So, um, so, you know, there's a lot of books on creativity. There's a lot of books on, you know, turning your passion into, you know, a career, those kinds of things. Um, what, what, as you were kind of exploring, you know, kind of tweaking the book, maybe changing some of the ideas, um, what, what kind of makes this book, uh, unique? Um, you know, what was kind of your angle or what, what was, you know, makes it unique among other books that might be similar to this one? Yes, yeah, so I first of all I, I'm extremely direct, <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I think um, you know if I can pack this book with actionable advice and not not shape anything for the next book, that was my that was my main goal. Mm-hmm. And then I also focused on giving other entrepreneurs, I would say, almost like a permission. You know, I was. I was touching uh, pretty uh, controversial subjects, you know, like money. Mm-hmm. Um, not many creatives want to talk about it because it's, it's all about the passion. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying mm-hmm. in the book is it is okay to start a business because you want to make money. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to admit it, but nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So all the, all the uh, problems, issues I noticed on my on my entrepreneurial path that creatives uh, have, I, I I kind of you know made sure I I was addressing them, no matter how touchy and how controversial they were. Um, I'm a big proponent, for example, of having a you know, a side hustle or side gig. And a lot of people would call it that you're a sellout, especially in the art art world. Oh, you're doing something not connected to your art, to your art, you're a sellout. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So what I noticed and uh, what, what the reviewers are saying is that I almost like gave them the permission that that's okay, that it's okay to be asking for money. It's okay to have a side gig. It's okay to do it on your own terms. And I'm also talking about, you know, defining success on your own terms because the society pressures us to define it in financial terms. And we are so um, conditioned to think about it in just uh, in terms of in terms of money. But discovering your enough Mm -hmm. and focusing on what's important is is really crucial in our lifestyle design. For some, it may be having more time left. For others, may maybe uh, creating a location independent lifestyle. So I would say your creative career is a book uh, about discovering what you want to do when you have this itch, but you really don't know what you want to transition into. Mm-hmm. And it really almost like pumps you up. Like I. What I what I heard is a few creatives who are like, I just want to close this. I know I'm not done with the book, and I just want to get going. Mm-hmm. You know, it just really gets you moving um, it, because we have enough. I mean, um, I believe that we all have enough to start whatever we want because we don't need to start it on a huge scale. We can always start small and keep reinvesting and keep improving. 
Oh, I love that. I, lo- I love books that inspire and encourage. I mean, it's kind of why we, we do this podcast is, you know, hopefully people that listen will hear you and go, yes, I can do this. I can create, I can write, I can, you know, I mean, we all, we all get advice and we all have tips and, and they can be great, but, but really I think it's kind of that inspiration where you just say, you know what, if Anna can do it, I can do it. If Ryan can do it, I can do it. You know, it, it, it's, you know, I, I think sometimes we think creatives or writers or business people are kind of these magic, you know, uh, special people. Really, they're just people, ordinary people that are just doing the work and working hard and experimenting and trying and changing things that aren't working. And, and, uh, and, you know, I think that's, that's great. I think we need a lot of books like that to, you know, like you said, someone who reads it, puts it down and says, okay, I got to stop reading it. I need to go, go write, you know, I need to go create or, or start that business or whatever. Um, that's what I always say about, you know, yeah. writing, writing books. We can get so hung up reading all these writing books, listening to writing podcasts. And I, I always say, Hey, put, turn the podcast off and just go write <laughs> and, uh, and figure it out. Um, no, that's great. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, your actual writing process. And, um, I, I'm interested, um, because you've had such a different, um, I, sh- I should say you've had such a variety of experiences with business and your jewelry and now, you know, writing a book and you're, you've been writing on medium. Um, but, but talk a little bit about kind of your, your own writing process. Like how is that, how did that begin? Um, you know, when you sat down to write this book, how has that evolved? How has it changed? What have you, what have you kind of learned through the process? I mean, are you, you know, writing on certain days? Are you writing in certain places? You know, are you outlining? Talk a little bit about kind of your process. Yeah, so it was a huge lesson or, or maybe even uh, a whole array of lessons that I, that I learned and experienced and I st- I'm still learning. It's mm-hmm. the, like the best school of life to, to write a book, I would say. Uh, so uh, let's, uh, where do we start? Okay, so what, what really helped me was to be on the deadline because mm. we've all heard and uh, pr- maybe even experienced it ourselves that um, a book can take as much time as we want because it's not our priority. So, you know, I, I have a friend who's been writing the same book for 15 years and I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be right. writing the same book for 15 years, but it's very easy to fall into 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 this lengthy book writing process. Uh, so many books don't get published because they're not finished. Mm-hmm. So I think finishing the book now, whenever I, uh, you know, I see somebody um, uh, p- publishing and, and, and stuff, the, the first thing I say is like, congrats on finishing the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I know actually what it takes to actually finish. So... So I was on a deadline. Um, I had uh, the, I had to submit the first three chapters, I believe a few months after the book deal was signed. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, right, because I submitted the chapters and I was expecting feedback from my publisher and I heard nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> so how are they? And, <laughs> and they are like, oh, no, 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 no. We're just, we're just checking if you're writing. <laughs> Nobody's going to give you any feedback oh, now. That's funny. <laughs> So, so, but as far as the process, I had a, I had a s- small uh, word count uh, daily goal. It was only 500 words. <laughs> Sorry, but I was spending a lot of time on 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 doing research and and just figuring this figuring out this this process. But what I really loved, uh, what really helped me. 
as far as book writing was not to write in order. Mm -hmm. So I remember I wrote the introduction last Hmm. and I was just writing. It was so freeing when I realized that I was able to do it, that it actually uh, was, it it sped up my process. Definitely was, it was, was very liberating that, but it, you know, it worked for me, but it's important, I think, to discover your own writing routine. Mm-hmm. And what really also helped me, because even, you know, writing the 500 words a day sometimes, and sometimes I would surprise myself with writing a thousand, and that was, you know, a big, uh, big win. Mm-hmm. And so, and I would also write every day how many words I wrote and where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So that was so uh, it was so rewarding to just witness this process. I would see, you know, 46,552 and then, and then closer and closer and closer. So my goal was 60,000 mm-hmm. and, you know, I achieved it. Uh, and yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a journey, but mm-hmm. having the, the deadline and being, um, being held accountable by by it was was extremely mm-hmm. helpful in my case and I know I have to get it done. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that's really, really good advice. Uh deadlines, uh even if you're self published, setting your own deadline is really key. Like you said, you have friends that, you know, have been writing a book for fifteen years or never finishing. I mean I think even if you're you know, don't know if the book will sell or get, you know, published, just having that deadline is 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 such a important part because you'll just you, yeah like you said you just won't you'll, you'll never finish it because you have no reason to um and, and then i also like you you said um th- this is interesting to me you said you know you don't write in order um and i think sometimes i I've, I've heard different authors some write straight through and that's fine but i think if you're writing especially nonfiction, you know if you have subheads and different themes and, and things is you kind of write what you're really passionate about or you're really excited about and it doesn't always have to be the next chapter, you know, it can be just a different idea or theme. And, and I found when I get stuck or I'm kind of bored or, you know, um, not sure where to go next. I think sometimes writing kind of what, what you're excited about kind of keeps you going. And uh, even if it's the last chapter or the, like you said, writing the introduction last or whatever, um, that's really good advice. I think for, especially people who are listening that are beginners, um, not, not sure, you know, what, where to begin. You don't have to just start from, you know, word one and finish on word 60,000. Um, so you had, so was the, the word calendar, the goal, was that 60,000 words? That was kind of, uh, your goal or was that publisher's goal or how did that work? Yeah, that's, that was in the contract. Okay. That was, that was in the contract. And, uh, it was, it was good to have that word count on, on my mind Mm -hmm. this way I had, I was able to divide and, and, and just have, have something, you know, ahead of me instead of just free flowing. Mm -hmm. Again, it all depends, um, what works. It's very, it's very writing. I think it's a very individual process. Mm -hmm. And, uh, speaking of which, what, what, uh, what really comes to my mind as well is, where we write. Mm-hmm. Uh, what really helped me and helped me conquer the creative block was to tune in to my intuition and create where and when I was creative. Mm-hmm. So I actually wrote a lot of my book on my phone, mm-hmm. waiting for being in between tasks or waiting um, on something just because I had the spur of, of the moment of, uh, to write. And I noticed that 
whenever I would block a chunk of time, four hours, five hours, sometimes I would be less productive in the, during this block than within like 40 minutes that I would write in, in a cafe or, or, or waiting on something. It's it just, I don't think you can control inspiration and, mm-hmm. and your writing flow. And I think you should take advantage of whenever it hits you. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. I, I think, like you said, it's so individual and, you know, your own per- personal preference. I mean, some are very, you know, you get up, you just write. It doesn't matter if you're inspired or not. Others, it's kind of as you feel more creative or writing on your phone or, you know, in between. Yeah. I think that's, what's so beautiful about creating. It's especially in our day and age. I mean, we didn't have phones, you know, 10, 15 years ago, like we do now. We didn't, you know, we didn't have the technology where we could sit in a doctor's office and (laughs) write, work on our book. Um, You know, we didn't have audio books. We didn't have all this stuff. And, and it's really, I think we got to take advantage of that and see it as a positive, not a, not a negative. Um, I know a lot of people are getting into dictation and just, you know, speaking out their books, um, you know, as they go for a walk or, you know, in between meetings or whatever. Um, and I think that's just beautiful. Um, so, uh, so, so you, you write the book, um, you hit your 60,000 word, uh, goal. And then, you know, after you send it off to like your editor, kind of what was the, the process after you got your feedback and edits and all that kind of thing? Yeah. So first it was, uh, developmental editing, and uh, then it was line editing. So let's see, that was uh, July. And we collaborated as far as the whole editing process. And then the book came out in January. Okay. So it, you know, uh, it literally took exactly a year from when the book was sold until its publication. That's great. So when, when you think about, you know, traditional publishing, it has this uh, bad stigma that it, t- it takes a while, it takes a long mm-hmm. time, but it all depends. It mm-hmm. all depends on, on the execution, on the publisher, on, 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 on the process. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I was pretty, pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you think your job is done because you wrote and you edited <laughs> and everything, but, oh, the whole marketing process is mm-hmm. just so it's challenging because it's like opening a can of worms. You could mm-hmm. do so much. You could do so much. And you're just, you're getting confused sometimes of wh- how to spend your time most efficiently. Mm-hmm. What would you say is, uh, I'm going to ask you two questions. The first question, you can answer this first, but you know, after you got back your edits and, um, you know, what were, what were some of the things I always find this interesting because I learned so much from my editors when they send back, you know, feedback. Um, what were some things that you learned from about your own writing from your feedback kind of line edits, developmental editing? What were some things that kind of jumped out at you? Well, the whole experience really taught me um, about it's, it's, you know, it's frankly, it's about being employed again. Mm-hmm. You know, when uh, when you close a publishing deal, traditional publishing deal, your title can change. Mm-hmm. Uh, things can change, and sometimes you will not even you're not even you're not gonna even be told. Like right now, an audiobook is coming out, and I only saw it because uh, because I saw it on Amazon. It's mm-hmm. they, they, there are so many books that um, a publishing house has to, you know. Publish and, and as my agent said, you know, some of, some authors are on the front burner, some of them are on the back burner, mm-hmm. you know. So 
it's it's all about you know trusting the process and letting go of of the control and you know you ch- if you choose the route of traditional publishing you have to be okay with some of the decisions being made by by others and you just going along for the ride so it it was challenging at times and then you know you just uh, come to terms and then it's, it's it's just like a the whole writing process is a is a roller coaster and everything is a roller coaster and that's how i can i can compare it to it's thrilling it's scary it's awesome it's mm-hmm. all the emotions are mixed in and that's why i love it so much mm-hmm. that's great so the, the second question to that was um you know you learn obviously things change in your book and titles and you know editing and and things aren't you know you got to be flexible um what were you mentioned marketing so what what have been some things you've learned about marketing this book, what have been, you know, things that have been helpful as far as marketing? What are things that maybe haven't been as helpful um, as far as kind of getting the word out about your book? So the email list is your number one resource. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, you know, proven again that this is the best thing that you could, you could ever have. And and even if you have 50 or a hundred people on your email list, Mm -hmm. they can, help you more than all your Twitter and Facebook followers combined. That's my opinion, because that's what happened in my case. When I sent out the email blast to, um, I probably have over 5,000 people on my email list. I mean, I just got so much love back. It mm-hmm. was really, really nice because this, this is my audience. This is the people who've been following me and, and reading what I'm writing and, they, they wanted to be helpful. A lot of them um, are authors. A lot of them are creatives. So it felt really nice. So I would say your email list. And then the way I approach book marketing, because it's, it's just ex- extremely, you know, vast. I, I would say just do as much as you can in as many areas as, as you can and see what comes back to you. See what brings you the best results and then uh, capitalize on that and then do more of that. So, you know, I got in touch with Instagrammers and bookstagrammers actually. Mm -hmm. And, and I got a lot of love from them. Uh, You know, these, they posted these gorgeous pictures, styling books with coffee and socks and doing all these fun hashtags. So that was really great. But that's, that's my, you know, that's my uh, target audience. It's, it's creatives, it's Etsy store owners. It's, it's those who are starting in the creative field. So, so that was really, that, that really, that worked out really well for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I ha- I'm actually lucky enough to say that I have a publicist through mm-hmm. Career Press and another person who books uh, my radio interviews. I- I- I'm so fortunate to say that. Mm-hmm. It's, I- I'm not sure if this is very common in the traditional publishing world, but I'm just, um, I'm just very fortunate. Mm-hmm. So we work close together, but I'm definitely not just depending on on, on working with um, with them, I'm, I'm doing things on the side as well. So c- combining all the efforts together, um, I think um, is you know can bring decent results. And also, what I noticed when my publisher saw how much hustle and how much sweat I'm putting into releasing this book, they also like 
bumped up their efforts. Mm-hmm. You know, they started sending uh, books to influencers and covering costs and asking me if I wanted to do this or that. Like they, they basically, um, you know, saw the love I'm giving to the book and they, and they, and they added more. So that was really nice. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Yeah, I think that's people need to hear because I think, you know, marketing, it's it's not just, you know, you, but um, it really is you. I mean, at the same time, I mean, you have people that help you and kind of get the word out, but you really have to hustle and, and kind of, you know, do your best to, to get it out there. I, I also found it interesting, uh, you know, it's almost, you know, the email list is kind of like, it's just all good old fashioned kind of word of mouth. And it's, it's really the people that, that know you, you know, I mean, obviously you don't know everyone on the list, but um, that care about what you're doing. And as much as social media, you know, we say, well, you got to, you know, blast on social media, social media does not sell books. Um, I found that to be true as well. I Um, agree. It's, 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 it's more of a, just kind of, Hey, here's what I'm working on here. You know, I'm there, I'm out here, but it's not, you know, doesn't, doesn't equal sales. Um, that email list is huge. And again, I, I think it's just word of mouth. I mean, doing interviews like you're doing, you know, on podcasts and, you know, people, they go, Hey, have you read that book? It's great. You should check it out. I mean, it it really is kind of, I think with book selling, it's very old school in many ways. (laughs) It's, you know, you're not going to get a TV ad. You're not going to, you know, be on a billboard. That doesn't work. You're going to have to just really hustle kind of person to person, community to community. Um, I I thought it was interesting too. You said, you know, Etsy owners, um, you know, kind of knowing those communities that would really benefit from your book is important you know, kind of getting into those, those groups of people that you go, you know what, I think they would really enjoy this. This would be really helpful. Kind of connecting with those folks, uh, is, is really valuable. Um, so yeah, thanks for, for sharing that. So, um, just as we kind of get closer to the end of the interview and wrap things up, I always like to ask our guests, um, I call them three truths and it's, uh, imagine you have a microphone to the world and you want to share three truths about creating and writing uh, business, whatever it may be, what would be the three truths that you would want to share with um, aspiring creators, writers, uh, entrepreneurs that are listening to the show? Sure. So one truth that comes to my mind, and it's tied to 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 what we were just talking about, still about marketing. I think if we ask for help, uh, I let's say we approach our our uh, email lists to review the book or to tweet about the book, make it easy for them. Make it just a click away. And that should apply to everything. If you could just make things easier for customers, just a click away, Mm. um, I think you're going to get a better conversion and and better results. So one would be make it easy for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one is tune into your intuition Mm -hmm. as far as, creating break the rules you know if if you think you should be writing at your desk in a pristine room but it's not working you know go outside and and write somewhere right after working out or or see what's working just tune into what's working for you because creativity is a very personal uh, process and the third thing I would say know the value of being in a community. Mm. I discovered it uh, during my, my writing process and, and I've been really paying attention to, to communities and, and being a part of them for um, quite a few years right now. And it's, it's tremendous value. It's, it's, there is something about sharing. There is something about helping 
without you know expecting anything re in return because it, it all comes back the universe keeps its own um <laughs> score so yeah i would say these three things that's great and really helpful stuff so anna what's uh what's next for you any other book ideas uh what are you working on and then where can uh, people find you oh thanks so i'm a huge proponent of investing in self-growth and and courses and stuff so i i have a few areas that i would like to devote my my energy right now in uh, so i'm gonna be doing a little bit of uh, self-exploration and, and and things and continuing on with uh, book marketing uh, book marketing um efforts i have some uh, talks on, on my calendar and stuff. And I do offer a few amazing uh, free resources for entrepreneurs on my site. One of them is Thriving Through Writing on Medium. And we both know how, how great it can elevate, how, how greatly it can elevate our writing career. So the course is there on annasabino.com. It's free. You only get five short emails in five days and it can really open up this whole um, medium writing on medium world to you. So there is the course, there are other goodies. So definitely log on to annasabino.com. Well, great, Anna. Yeah, you have a, have a great uh, website. I was checking out. There's a lot of great resources on there. So check out annasabino.com. We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, check out, your creative career it's getting great reviews um i've been working through it a little bit and it's a great book gonna help you turn your passion into a fulfilling and financially rewarding lifestyle and anna you have uh helped out many many creatives and writers by coming on the show so thanks for coming by thank you so much thank you for having me join us each wednesday on the mondo method podcast brought to you by project entertainment network the Mondo Method podcast features authors Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buddha as they discuss the writing process from both the veteran and the novice perspectives. Each episode ends with a segment called Marketing Morsels, where expert publicist Aaron Sweet Almahari teaches everyone how to promote their work and sell more books. Check us out on the Mondo Method podcast on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up, and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD to save $10. What's going on, everybody? This is Tristan McWilds from Guys Next Door, and this episode is being brought to you by Self, a brand new podcast from Self Financial in collaboration with ACAS Creative. Now, Self is a six episode original branded series by Self Financial that's helping you understand how to build a path of success, what your journey is, and what our journey is as me and Mouse are to guests on the show. So, Listen wherever you can listen to podcasts, and we'll see you soon. Peace.